Don't talk about it, be about it. And that's the thing. Welcome, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. It's the 18th of March. Damn, March is almost over, right? I remember on the 18th of February, we were like, damn, feels like we've been here for a year. Now, that's the fear that everybody has, that we feel that we're useless. We know what's going on. We want to blame somebody else. We're looking at people to just give us some answers so we could go to bed at night and not think about it, right? That's the thing. This is why it's so easy to take away people's attention from what's really going on. Everybody's playing a role, but which one is causing more harm than good and which one's causing harm because they're intended to be harm? Well, that's why I have been constantly saying, you know, follow the money. Everybody puts their, pulls their own pants down and follow your gut. And that's the thing. People have forgotten to just follow their gut. I see it. Okay, so I was talking to a few of the administrators the other day, and it's like, don't don't ban the stuff they put in there. And it's like, because they do put rabbit holes in there. And it's like, there's over 13,000 people. We're not going to be able to see, you know, every single bit of garbage information. Like someone put in there, oh, this judge is going to resign. And his message was like, whoa. And then when you go to the website, there's no whoa. They're just selling some revenge coin and putting out fake tweets and saying, click here to see the tweet. And it takes you to their sale page. Like these are the things people are sharing because one, people don't even, uh, you know, read articles anymore. They just like the sexy title, right? And two, you know, you're just throwing it, throwing that trust anywhere as long as it tells you something you want to hear. Okay. And and this is why we're in this position. Everyone is telling you things that you want to hear. Maybe this is why, you know, it takes a while to kind of want to hear the truth. Nobody likes the truth. Everybody loathes the truth. Truth is like, you can't fight with truth, period. So when you say the truth, you know, it's there. There's no taking it back. There's no, oh, well, maybe it's a, like a sideways truth. No, truth is truth. Fact is fact. And if you say anything else, you're just like the people that you keep talking about. So um, today I thought we could talk a little bit more about Africa. I did say to my New Year's last year, when you see Africa in the news, damn, you know, shit's about to go down. And it's really going down. But rather than me just point out what's really going down, right, I want you to understand Africa a little bit more, just a little bit, not too much, a little bit. In the meantime, I wanted to say I am so proud that someone is about it, right, just like the song says. Someone is about it. Uh, some person actually listened uh, to the to the videos and 
and uh, the shows and was like, you know what? I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to go and file something because they could and they were able to and they were able to articulate it so well. And I'm not uh, giving out the case number because I want to ask them about it first. And I want to make sure that it's on the books because, you know what, if it's being heard, you know, I, you know, I think all of us should be all eyes on that. So I want to keep it, you know, keep it a little bit. So it actually wasn't even in Ohio. It was done in D.C. by one person who communicated it to me. It over 400 pages. And I was reading through it. And it's just like, wow. You know, it, 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 they went pro se. So, you know, there's no, you know, judgment there. And there's more lenience. But damn, they threw everything in there. There is nothing in there. Now that's public record, period. You can't get it out of the public record. All sequestered into one place all sequestered into one place. I am so proud of this person. Like this person, we need to write like folk songs about them because they threw the gauntlet down first. Keep in mind, this person filed it February 1st. They filed it February 1st. And it wasn't until March 1st that they got a response. And that's because no one was doing anything for a month. It sat there. So they actually had to you know, initiate a writ to say, do your job or I'm removing you clerk of court. And that's how they pushed it. Now, this is all in, in DC, the list of defendants is massive and everything is in there. Even Ryan White's testimony is in there. There's so much in there. Like now it's public record. It's not like on the internet. It's not, it's in a courtroom on public record with a bunch of other things, some articles here, some articles there, posting this, and the person actually gave directives. I want you to direct the military to do this. I want you to do this. I I was reading and I was like, dang, you sure you're not a lawyer? Even though, oh man, I just have to say, this is exactly it. Now, on the other hand, I've been working uh, diligently on things that I can't talk about, sorry. Uh, it's just been such an insane week. It's Thursday, and I'm like, are you sure it's Thursday? Because my to-do list is not getting smaller. I just realized it was Thursday, right? And it was like, no, my to-do list is getting bigger. It hasn't gotten smaller. Um, so I was, I was talking today with a couple of um, people that sell marketing stuff, you know, for like... Uh, ads and they were like well why don't you just you know why don't you just write an article editor will publish it it's like no man i want to pay for this we want to pay for this and we want the whole world to see it we don't want it to be um you know just an article that can be considered opinion we put where i'm you know money where our mouth is and i thought hey how much would it cost to print, right? Put it in your newspaper. The whole damn thing about the frogs, just as an ad, full page. So the whole world reads it. <laughs> they can't not read it. So, um, yeah, so I've been busy on that. That's that's pretty good. Uh, we've successfully, um, I mean, I have to say. So when I, when I started Telegram, it was like two, three years ago. I started Telegram quite early um, when I joined it. Um, I think it was like a, two years ago that I started the channel. 
not a lot of people. I was, I would still talk. And then, um, you know, I wouldn't really housekeep. Just people would do whatever they want. And there were people in there that were active and they were sharing things and talking. And I'm like, moderator, moderator, moderator. I just modded a lot of people. People that seem to be consistent. And because I'm not, you know, just to add them to the channel. I can't give them ownership, but I can give them administrative rights to do whatever they want. And I left it as such. Because, you know, chat rooms are for the people. It's not supposed to be one person commanding it. You know, I don't go in there and delete things. Um, I don't go go in there and command, oh, this is this is what we should be talking about. Now, there's a lot of things in the chat, right, that I would love to remove, kind of like that article that went out about this judge in Arizona stepping down. If you actually click on it, it's just clickbait so that they could sell their coins. This happens a lot, all right? This happens a lot. Mm. And then you have your trolls from butthurt people, um, you know, who come in and they're like, oh, you have to pay for Twitch and Drove. You don't have to pay. You can watch it for free. And if you don't want, if you can't make it on time, all of it is in podcast for free. So stop. So for those of you, for over 13,000 of you in there, I apologize for, you know, not being able to clear out the trolls, but I think it's important that we see it. And when you see trolls, people that just come in to bring in negative energy, just ignore it because if it's a program, it won't respond if you don't respond. Okay. Just remember that. Um, and I know the moderators are there to like delete spam, porn, any other stuff that comes in. But, um, if, if someone comes in and they start talking rubbish, just like leave it at Gab on Gab, actually, I've been seeing one account that keeps posting things. And so yesterday I actually took the opportunity to go and look at their account. It was opened in January of 2021 and it just talks smack to every single person, telling them everything's hopeless, you're rubbish, calling other people cutards, calling people this, calling people that. And it's like every single thing they've posted is a reply to someone to demoralize. It's the most horrific thing. It's like, you know, I, I want to make the assumption that it's an AI, right? But could you imagine being such a sad person and just going places to just talk smack? It's like, man, that's really sad. That's super sad. Uh, very sad. So um, yesterday we kind of touched base on a few things. And I have mentioned many, many times that there's audio, right? From the beginning of January, where uh, Chief Justice Roberts, Barack Hussein Obama, Comey, Brennan, Clapper, Sally Yates, Susan Rice, Loretta Lynch, McCabe, all of them, right, sat in a room and tried to find a way to delay President Trump's inauguration or annul the whole election. Now that conversation was quite telling because it was at that point that Chief Justice Roberts turns around and says, the stuff you got from England, and I've mentioned this many, many times over many, many times over the past three years. He said, there's not enough to annul him, to annul the election. Uh, you can't annul it unless he does something or is incompetent or is 25th Amendment out or if the people that, you know, support him, even the vice president, even the vice president, again, I mentioned it, even the vice president, if they have certified 
him to be competent to run and it turns out he's not competent to run, then you can annul it. Now, there's no specific law, but the Constitution infers that, infers that, okay? Now, in the meantime, if he doesn't do anything stupid like start a nuclear war, we can try. We can, you know, reach out to our friends and see what we can do. Um, if we can't, uh, just start the impeachment proceedings. Just start where you need. We've got a ton of stuff on General Flynn. Go for him. And, and we could get Pence to work on this. All right? We'll just jimmy that up. We'll send our own people. Brennan, you got your agency guys in the FBI. Let's do it. So all of this, all of this is on audio because this is this was done over the phone. This is part of presidential records. I mean, it should be because it'll be very funny if there's records of other calls and that call's missing, calling to one place and that call's missing. Now, if you remember, the first executive order Barack Hussein Obama signed minutes after swearing in, in you know, after the 2008 election, right? His first term, even Siliza, Chris Siliza, you know, that's now at CNN, wrote an article that said, dang, Obama just put boots, concrete boots on transparency. His first executive order was to seal all records, meaning no one can access it with any FOIA or anything. Now, you might say President Trump has the ability to go see it. Actually, he doesn't. Still process. I mean, he could have undone that executive order so that people can see, uh, you know, what, you know, our presidents are doing. But, you know, transparency, what's that? How does that guy, John, go? Weird. Um, so it's really strange uh, that, you know, we're here in 2021 discussing the same thing. We obviously have evidence of an incompetent president. He can't tie his shoes, may not even be breathing at this moment, you know, may not even be alive at this moment. And, um, you know, Everyone's playing footsie, right? Everyone's playing footsie. They're all ignoring the situation. I mean, so much that, you know, they're bra <laughs> they're saying things that it's like, man, did you just say that? It's like you're instigating and it's like, it's not going to happen. You know, people like that don't bite. Like Putin won't bite on, on things like that. That's like, that's like chump bait, right? You know, we talked about the nuclear codes. Everyone's freaking out about that. That's fine. You can freak out about it. It's no big deal, though. We have more allies than you think. See, Jordan, for example, that was a big deal. And why do I say this? Well, we had Nancy Pelosi go down there. I actually wrote an article about it because I'm, I, I, have a lot of, I have a lot of contacts in the Middle East, believe it or not. And on the uh, King's staff, you know, I get communications with their journalists, the, the, the King's actual, you know, PR people. Nancy Pelosi was kicked out of his office when she tried to, you know, arrange conversations. These people are fed up with the establishment. And again, they're fed up with that version of the establishment. There's more. Okay. <laughs> That's one version. Like I said, there's different factions. What they like to call in, in, in the domestic terrorist world, <laughs> affinity groups. They all break off in little factions, but it goes under one large um, group of bullies, global bullies. 
want you guys to to see this report how when Biden called President Putin a killer, he said takes one to no one. <laughs> so uh, Putin actually recalled his whole um, envoy from the U.S. So everyone that works for Russia has been recalled back to Russia out of the United States. Take a listen. He said, as he, Biden said, we know each other personally. What would I reply to him? I would say, I wish you health. I wish you health. I say that without any irony or joke. You get it, guys? When you are judging other people or even when we are judging other states, other peoples, we are always kind of looking in the mirror. Oh, wow. Hey. You see in others what's inside you, right? We always see ourselves, he says. We are always projecting what is of importance for us, what is our essence on other people. <laughs> so weird that he's talking about this. We've been talking about this for a couple of days. And you know, I remember in my childhood when we argued in the courtyard, we used to say, It takes one to know one. And that's not a coincidence, not just a children saying or joke. It has deep psychological meaning. We always see our own traits in other people and think they are like how we really are. Damn. Guys, seriously, how long have we been saying this so weird? And as a result, we assess a person's activities and give assessments. Huh. So there's Putin saying something a lot more concise. I guess he has writers than me, <laughs> right? Which is, it takes one to know one. So when when people, you know, start saying things about someone, it's because they see themselves in them, right? They see it. So this is this is this is key. Okay, this is key. 
and that's why people don't like other people because they see them the, themselves or qualities they wish they had, right? Qualities they wish they had. That's that's usually the rule of thumb. Uh, it's called envy. It's a really ugly quality. Uh, really ugly quality. So here we are. Um, Biden calling another president a killer, right? No one says anything. And he returned it saying it takes one to no one. That was pretty, that was pretty spot on. But the, the thing that we need to focus on is what he said. He said, I wish him health. And I wish him health. And he, you saw his body language, right? I wish him health. And he said it like, oh, it's not irony or joke. It's like dead as a doornail, whatever, right? Kind of joke. Um, so that was interesting. I just wanted to showcase how other leaders are handling this, right? Uh, before we get into like the the stuff I want to talk about, I thought I would um, introduce you to Vice News reports, a report they did, which I found fascinating and quite timely. Um, and what Harvard astronomers are telling us, right? Seriously, nothing can stop what's coming. 2017, a strange visitor was spotted in our solar system. It was unlike anything ever observed from Earth. Called by the Hawaiian name Oumuamua, this object continues to baffle scientists. For one, its brightness varied greatly every eight hours, suggesting that it was shaped either like a very long cigar or else a massive pancake. Space telescopes did not detect any heat or gases coming off the object. So to this day, no one can say for sure why it deviated from its expected trajectory and actually sped up as it was moving away from the sun. For Harvard professor Avi Loeb, the most logical explanation is also the most controversial. He believes Oumuamua was made by aliens. I am very thrilled to be speaking with Avi Loeb. He is the Frank B. Bard Jr. Professor of Science at Harvard University and also the author of a new book, Extraterrestrial. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So, I, you know, Extraterrestrial focuses on the first interstellar object that we've ever detected in our solar system called Oumuamua. I remember when this was discovered, it was so exciting uh, back in October 2017. It was you know, short-lived. It kind of went out of the solar system fairly quickly, but it was just, you know, totally unprecedented. And the more we learned about it, the more weird this object seemed to be. So if it has an alien origin, if it is an artificial piece of technology, what type of technology do you think it most likely is? Well, we, we don't really know because we, we don't have enough uh, evidence. Perhaps it's uh, one point in a grid of objects that are similar to it that are placed in interstellar space uh, for navigation purposes to give you your coordinates when you're moving through interstellar space. That's one possibility. Another one is that it's a relay. Okay, let me explain that. So, you know how we have things floating in the water? You know, buoys, boys, whatever you want to call them. Buoys, boys. Depends on what side of the pond you are. You call them something. Those are like markers, right? 
So that's what he's claiming that object was, was like a marker so you can navigate yourself or know where you are or where boundaries are. Kind of like how they're like, hey, don't swim past this because we got like sharks that way. You know, <laughs> those markers. So it's kind of like, hey, don't go by this because, you know, uh, sharks, <laughs> sharks called humans are, are nearby. Station uh, for communication. Instead of sending a very powerful signal, just like we do on Earth, you can transmit the signal from one station to another. And this is one of the stations along the, the way. Another possibility is that it's a probe. So the second possibility that he's saying, because it was obviously not naturally made, according to him, is that it was a relay. So it's kind of like, you know, how satellite signals bounce off, right? They, they, they go up in space, they bounce down from the satellite down to where you want on Earth, right? Kind of like bounce. So it's like a relay station. So it takes a message and then sends it to another relay station to another relay station so that the message can get across a large distance. I find it hard to believe that anyone is spying on us because uh, it took uh, this object uh, more than 10,000 years to cross the solar system. And 10,000 years ago, we weren't that interesting. I would argue that even now we're not that interesting. So uh, another one is, uh, you know, someone taking a look, sneak peek. And he says, well, it took 10,000 years to get here. Well, we weren't that interesting 10,000 years ago. I beg to differ on that. Super beg to differ on that. Um, and he says, we're not that interesting right now. We look like savages. Perhaps in the future we'll be more interesting. The other most likely option is that it's just space trash. You know, we sent out Voyager 1, Voyager 2, New Horizons. In a billion years, they will become trash. They will not function anymore. And most objects in space are probably billions of years old. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about why we weren't able to get a, um, a little bit more uh, high-resolution imagery. You mentioned it would be ideal, of course, to be able to launch a camera, or, I mean, if next time this happens, maybe launch a probe of some kind that could interact with such an object. But what were we studying Oumuamua with, and why did it give us kind of just a very brief sketch of, of these properties? The key in doing science is to get as much evidence as possible. Uh, because it can guide you. And sometimes nature's imagination is greater than ours. So as scientists, we really want the most data possible. And uh, the worst one can do as a scientist is to say, I know the answer in advance. I don't need any evidence. That was true of the day in the days of Galileo when the philosophers knew that the, that the sun moves around the earth and they didn't want to look through Galileo's telescope. And by that, they maintained their ignorance and, and they put Galileo in house arrest. The earth continued to move around the sun, as Galileo was arguing. Reality doesn't care whether we ignore it or not. And so we really want as much evidence as possible and not to rely on prejudice, not to say it's never aliens, it's always rocks. Because that would resemble a caveman that is used to playing rock with rocks and when presented with a cell phone, would argue that the cell phone is just a shiny rock. We don't. So let's just dispel some stuff. The reason that this is so huge is because this rock, and unfortunately, even though it came so close to us, we could see shit on Uranus, right? We're sending things through the rings of Saturn, right? but we couldn't get anything but pixelated pictures back. That rock was like going in a trajectory and then it 
did a 180. It's like, yep, that's, that's supernatural, right? It's totally legit. It just changed its direction. And it's like super legit. Want to be that caveman. In his new book, Extraterrestrial, Professor Loeb takes a confrontational stance with his fellow astrophysicists. He accuses them of being too narrow-minded to consider the theory that Oumuamua is an object designed and built by another intelligent form of life in the cosmos. I should mention an anecdote that uh, there was a seminar at Harvard about Oumuamua. And when I left the room with a colleague of mine that worked on solar system rocks for decades, uh, that colleague said, Oumuamua is so weird. I wish it never existed, <laughs> which to me was appalling because actually the fun in doing science, you know, just as, as I still want to maintain my childhood career. In other words, that rock specialist was the caveman that said the cell phone's a shiny rock. See, they just don't even want to look at it because it destroys their reality. You see, in doing science, so the, the biggest fun is actually in finding something new in in uh, getting something that doesn't quite line up with what you expected. That, that's the experience that makes science worth doing. Uh, it's, you know, it's not uh, to glorify ourselves, to show it's, science is not a sandbox in which we demonstrate that we are smart, which is pretty much what most of my colleagues are using science for uh, in order to get honors and awards. And they line up with whatever other people say so that people on selection committees will choose them give them support and so forth. That's not what science is about. It's not about the number of likes on Twitter, about, you know, getting support from, from our colleagues. It's about uh, understanding nature. Coming back to your question about the Muamua itself, it was just a few hundred feet or 100, 200 meters in size. And at the distance that it was at, a fraction of the Earth-Sun separation, uh, even our best telescopes cannot resolve it. So uh, we couldn't really uh, say what it looks like other than it's a dot of light with a variable brightness because the object is tumbling and reflecting sunlight. With Dang, we could see the surface of the sun, but a fraction of the distance between the earth and the sun, we couldn't get better pictures like that. Damn, I'm pretty sure my cell phone could have probably gotten a better picture than that. Are you seeing this? It's like... We don't have the technology to go back on the moon is lost. Is it? Is it? I'm just saying, pay attention. With a, a varying uh, area projected on the sky, and we could model that and uh, infer that it's most likely flat. But beyond that, we don't know anything. What has been the counter argument from your colleagues who believe it has a natural origin? How do? What do they think that it is that would... Uh, satisfy all of the kind of odd characteristics you've described here? One suggestion was it's a hydrogen iceberg, frozen hydrogen, so mm. that uh, when it evaporates, you don't see the hydrogen, it's transparent, you still get cometary activity. The only problem is, well, first, we haven't seen uh, hydrogen icebergs before. Uh, we don't know if it's possible to produce them in molecular. So listen to what he's saying, right? So their excuse was, number one, we have really, we have technology. It's kind of like in my article where I wrote, right? Let's just think about this for a second. The FBI said that they couldn't find those people they were looking for, right? From facial recognition, they were unable to find them. They were like, yeah, we can't find these people. We need your help. Yet, with the grainiest, most pixelated photo and 
with a person's face burned off. The FBI can use facial recognition to find a terrorist on the other side of the planet, but they can't find their own people that are registered on their books working for the CIA. It's like so insane. And now here in this case, you know, it we unfortunately. <laughs> I'm so frustrated. We unfortunately couldn't get a good picture. <laughs> Sorry. From the ISS with a simple, with an iPhone 8, you would have gotten a better picture than that. Now they're making up theories of a hydrogen iceberg, which, like he says, I'm just actually, I don't know how they like come up with these ideas. So something so phantasmical that we don't even know if it can exist is a lot more plausible than, yo, maybe we're not alone. Yo, maybe they came to sneak peek. It was 2017. Crap's going down. The timeline was shook, and they're coming to take a peek. That's too far-fetched, but making up some stuff like a hydrogen <laughs> iceberg makes <laughs> way more sense. And telling the people, I'm so sorry, I couldn't get you better pictures. Or just, I wish it didn't exist. Clouds, but the biggest problem is um, they would evaporate very quickly along their journey by absorbing starlight. This is not a viable proposal because such, an, such objects would evaporate the, at the size scale of uh, Umumu. Another proposal was a dust bunny. You know, the kind of- Stop. Stop. Okay. So we're going to do a little bit of humor before we get into the- <laughs> so it's-, <laughs> it's a dust bunny. Okay, it's a dust bunny. Are you paying attention? It's a dust bunny. It's like those things, the tumbleweeds we see, which, by the way, I was counting them once when I drove across Montana. Those are real things. They are tumbleweeds. Like, I remember watching them on cartoons. I was like, no. And I was like, oh, what was that? What's that? So so now we've got (laughs) space tumbleweeds that they call dust bunnies those are more plausible than aliens yo that was just a dust bunny and it decided last minute to change course and just go the other way super plausible kind of thing you find at the household except the size of a football field <laughs> uh, a collection of dust particles a hundred times less dense than air so it's porous enough that the reflection of sunlight will push it because it has a large area for its weight Wait, let's just get something clear. Now, while you're going to watch the rest of this, and as you're listening to their ideas of hydrogen icebergs that can't really exist, that would be insane because they'd evaporate. When we could see, even with the really bad footage, because (laughs) there was no iPhone 8 on the ISS station, and we just can't see. We just can't. We just can't see, right? Um, It could be a dust bunny, right? (laughs) Totally. That shimmers and glimmers, right? So this guy who's telling you all their theories, the guys that said the theories are more legit, supposedly, than this guy who's bringing some hard truth. You see how they discredit and mock and ignore truth? This is like, okay. Mm. The problem with that is, imagine a cloud that is 100 times less dense than air. So less dense than the steam coming off a boiling pot by a factor of 100. And uh, imagine that uh, the size of a football field and tumbling over eight hours and going through interstellar space for millions of years. 
I have a hard time believing that such a thing would survive the journey, that it would be a stable enough uh, structure to hold on to itself. So when people say in the mainstream, they say, I don't care about the details, it's probably natural, and just ask the experts. Well, we ask the experts, that's the idea, these are the ideas they came up with. It's always associated with someone, something that we have never seen before. And I say, if it's nothing that we have seen before, why not contemplate an artificial origin? At least it should be put on the table. However, the mainstream community says, no, it should not be discussed. This is ridiculous. We should not even consider that possibility. Right? Why are you even going to consider that there's aliens and somebody else made that and it decided to take a change its direction? It's definitely a space dust bunny and an imaginary hydrogen iceberg that isn't even feasible. You're so nuts to even assume that some intelligent life form <laughs> created it. And when you don't consider possibilities, you will never discover them. Mm-hmm. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And given the significance of discovering relics of another civilization that would indicate that we are not the smartest kid on the block, you know, I think it's, it's our obligation to entertain these possibilities. In his book, Professor Loeb challenges us to accept what he calls Umuamua's wager. The idea of this wager is that instead of just dismissing it as a weird space rock, science is better served by accepting his theory that Umuamua is a piece of alien technology that visited our solar system. Even if we can't prove it right now, by acting like it's true, we will be better prepared to study other interstellar objects that enter the solar system. What are some of the broader um, implications of taking Umuamua's wager? Because I did think that was a very interesting part of the book. I'm going to get his book and I'll tell you guys how it goes. So I'm going to stop it right there in this land of confusion. But it was pretty interesting. You know, think about it. It happened in 2017. I mean, man, nothing can stop what's coming. You know, and this is it. You've got groupthink. So all the experts get together and they're like, nope, it's a dust bunny. Nope, it's a natural rock. Nope, this. And on top of that, oh, unfortunately, we didn't even get a good picture. Oh, so sorry. We didn't mean that. We could see inside the rings of Saturn. We could go all the way to Uranus and get really, really good pictures. We could see the surface of the sun if we want to. But you know what? We just, gosh darn it. And it was like right here. We didn't get a picture of it. Dang. Totally, totally legit. You know, sometimes I feel like I'm this guy. I've, I felt like that, you know, a long time ago. So I thought we take a hiatus and laugh at each other. You know, when you're speaking and just like that man is speaking, he's speaking truth, right? Truth seems hilarious to all of them. <laughs> so dumb. I'm like, psh, does bunnies totally take care of you? I'm going to stop. But I want you to understand one thing. Why are they making it so stupid? Why are they lying? What are they hoping that never existed? Huh? Because nothing can stop what's coming. And even though people who speak truth kind of sound like this, and please enjoy this skit, one of my favorites, at some point, the programmed people that cannot hear well will learn. 
Press the buttons. No, no, they installed voice recognition technology in this lift. They heard about us. Voice recognition technology in a lift in Scotland. You ever tried voice recognition technology? No. They don't do Scottish accents. Eleven. Could you please repeat that? Eleven. 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 Could you please repeat that? Eleven. Whose idea was this? You need to try an American accent. Eleven. <laughs> Eleven. That sounds Irish. You know American. What does it? Eleven. Where in America is that? Dublin. I'm sorry. Could you please repeat that? Try an English accent, right? <clears throat> Eleven. <laughs> Eleven. You for the same part of England as Dick Van Dyke? Please speak slowly and clearly. Smart house. Eleven. I'm sorry. Could you please repeat that? Eleven. If you don't understand the lingo, a way back came to your own country. Ooh. Is that talk now, is it? A way back to your own country? Oh, don't stop, Mr. Bleeding Heart. How can you be racist to your left? Please speak slowly and clearly. Eleven. 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 You're just saying it the same way. You want to keep saying it until I understand Scottish, all right? Eleven. 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 This is a voice-activated elevator. Please state which floor you would like to go to in a clear and calm manner. Calm. Calm. Where's that coming from? Why is it telling people to be calm? Because they knew they'd be selling us to Scottish people who'd be going out for nuts at You have not selected a floor. Aye, we have! Eleven! If you would like to get out of the elevator without selecting a floor, simply say, open the doors, please. Please? Please? Suck my wally. Maybe we should just say please. I'm not begging that for nothing. <laughs> Open the doors, please. Please. Pathetic. Please remain calm. Oh, you went up tonight. I just wait for it to speak. You have not selected a I'm going to come to America, I'm going to find whatever desperate actress gave you a voice, and I'm going to go in an electric chair for you! Scotland, you bastard! Scotland! 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 Freedom! up! All right, so well, that that was quite funny. Uh, it's all about how you say things, I guess, right? And if uh, people can uh, can understand you, um, you know what the Scottish aren't doing, right? They're not laughing. They're mandating vaccines. They're going to hold people down, um, and they just took the people's rights away. 
<laughs> which then for the rest of their lives, they're going to be getting upgrades. They're going to be experimental and it'll just weed out the weak genetic codes. I mean, we don't need that. Right. But anyway, hopping to the next topic, I thought we'd start a little bit with fun. Let's get to something that's going to make you a little bit sad. Um, Vice actually put out a video saying how America could fall like Rome. What? You guys have to see this, and we'll stop in the in-between so that you can see just how hard they're pushing something. Maybe you'll be able to see it. I mean, we've been talking about it for three years. Here we go. I do think that there is a lot breaking down. I absolutely do not think January 6th is the high watermark. Of course not. Do I think something like this will happen again at some point in the next 10 years? Yeah, absolutely I do. If a political system does not come down hard on this kind of anti-constitutional, anti-democratic attempt to overturn the results of an election, what do you do with that? If you can get away with it, you're just going to keep doing it. When people say this is the end of the Roman Empire, that's when I say, I don't think that that's true. This is not a situation where we are entering total state collapse and there is going to be like a kingdom of California. I think that would be overblown. The United States as an entity will continue on. But when you're talking about its political system, what does American democracy look like? What does representative government look like? Participatory government look like? Which the Romans had. The Romans, for 500 years, the Romans had like a fairly participatory system because those guys did still have to troll for votes. They still needed to win elections in order to get ahead. So I think that there are things that we can talk about in terms of the political system transitioning from representative democracy to an autocratic regime. The United States of America, which is, of course, modeled on the Roman Republican system, has institutions just like Rome did with the consulship and with the tribunate, where if you just start vesting power and authority in one part of that system, you can keep the window dressing of a House of Representatives and a Senate and a Supreme Court, but we see this in you know, sort of constitutional dictatorships with the window dressing of democracy. But actually, it's just an autocracy. The American political system is well-primed to move towards a presidential autocracy, right? The, the office of the presidency and the executive branch, the institutional framework is there for that office and the White House to become something like a truly imperial presidency, not just as a metaphor, but truly an imperial presidency that will come when these ambitious people and these ambitious politicians really just throw elections out the window and it all just becomes a power grab free-for-all where power is all that matters and nothing. Um, isn't that already happening? Didn't this last election just actually prove it? I've been telling you it's been happening since 2000 when they piloted the first e-voting, right? Let's get away from those hanging chads. Who needs evidence when you can have computers that... We'll promise not to manipulate. So now he's 21 years later after the first steal. He's going to sit there and he's going to tell you, oh, when power hungry people come in, what just happened, dude? Are you like living in an alternate reality? Are you on the opposite, opposite side of this, Taurus? Like, what are you doing? Why are you here? Why are you here? Nothing else does. 
And you take that mentality, which I do see floating around out there, the only thing that matters is power and winning, and an institution like the presidency that is well primed to become an autocratic entity. You put those two things together and you've got uh, an American dictatorship. The Roman. Uh, don't we have that now? They're violating Nuremberg codes. They're not. Uh, they're taking away all the powers from the states and all these people that are sitting in Congress are doing it. Oh, it's our patriotic duty to take power from every single one of you because we know best. Shh, no talking. The Republic, what happened there was it got down to a point where ambitious men who wanted power stopped caring about the various rules, norms, laws that govern their behavior. What happens if you lose an election? What happens if you don't get command of a legion? What happens if your rival is going to put forward a popular bill and give them more votes and more clients than you're going to have, make them more popular than you? How do you respond to are you, Is he talking about popularity? Can he not see what the Biden administration has done? How are they even putting this out? I mean, it sounds kind of neutral because I know they're talking about that. And it's kind of interesting how they put a woman that's a brunette you know, after coming out of a brawl with a broken arm, sitting at the Oval Office, just saying. And for 500 years, they mostly just kind of did it in a round robin rotational system where everybody was kind of happy. And OK, so wait. So he said if the laws don't apply and they just throw them out the window, you know, they're not accountable. Kind of like Eric Swallowell showing fabricated, doctored, manipulated tweets as evidence and he knew they were manipulated they went back and scrubbed it to fix it again so you have to sit back and think to yourself this is pure insanity right they're so blatant so apparent like they're not even hiding it so there's two things happening right this is how you control the opposition you're the opposition to them right they anger you Ah, they're just waiting. You're going to blow up, man. And you're going to come armed and you're going to come in and you go watch, watch. And here's the catch 22. If you don't rise up, if you don't take action, when are you going to take it? When they've taken every right and you're like, nope, I'm trying. Nope, I'm trying. Nope, I'm trying. And then next thing you know, they're in your house, right? And you can't get rid of them. Because you know that they're just trying to stir the pot. There's no way that this isn't happening. And then you have the people on the right pretending they're fighting for you, right? While they're organizing, having really nice conversations, right? Uh, let's talk, right? Let's come. Let's have speeches. This is all horrible, 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 horrible. We just have to look forward to 2022 and 2024. It's like, dude, in like 10 days, he completely collapsed our economy. Our energy got sucked. And there's people that pay $5 a gallon for gas. What do you mean wait till 2022? This, are you serious? How is that even possible? So what do you do? Do you respond the way they want this bloodbath to go? So they can ask the UN to come in and intervene because of all this? Or do you allow them to tread on your human rights? You're in a box. And the thing is, the people on the right are sticking you farther into that box. The people on the left are too. And the people in the middle. And I've said this before, not to be, you know, I don't do anything but truth. And if you have the truth, you're just away from both sides. There is no side. There's truth, right? There is no side. 
there's truth and we need action and we need to be doing things. Do we get together and have rallies? We obviously can't because the Capitol was done by their own people, federal employees, CIA assets, right? Democrat staffers, Democrats in general. And then you had infiltrators, right? Like, you know, Enrique Tarrio. So I was just like an informant or Ali Akbar that will do anything for a dollar, right? So all these people made you look like a chump when you were there with your kids and your family showing how incredible it is to have a voice in America when in essence you don't, but you'd like to show that so that way people can listen, right? And they destroyed that too. So what? The next march you're going to do is what? About vaccines. About schools. About what? About them locking you down? About masks? <laughs> guess what? They've got 20 of these people. Because Guess what? They're still holding Zoom calls. They're still organizing. They're still doing things. They haven't stopped. They haven't stopped. And yet, you have people that are supposedly for America that have stopped, that aren't doing anything, that are pretending to do something, that are telling you, just sit back, relax. I know how it ends. I know we win, but that doesn't mean we sit down because even if we win, right, and you take it on the coattails of Jane and Joe and whatever, we're going to be right back at the same place in no time because if you don't taste it, if you don't fight for your freedom, it isn't yours to have. So it's going to be snatched back. And that's the thing. They're penning you into places. They want you to resist the masks in outrage. They want you to resist the forced vaccinations, which they can't do. Like, you know, I told you about the Walmart machines. Millie did too, about the scanners, right? Millie Weaver did too. We told you about the passports back last year, March. We talked about it. We had a conversation about it. Big, long conversation about it. How they're using your genetic code to identify you identifiers on your genetic code. No one's been talking about that. I mean, now they will because other people said it. You see how news works? They don't tell you the news when it's there. They tell you only when everybody else is talking about it. Now they're talking about CGI and deep fakes. But we've been talking about it for over two years. We've been talking about face-off. We've been, we've been, we've been, all of us have been starting the conversation slowly but surely because we don't rely on other people's clout. Do you? I don't. Do you? Nope. You got your own feet. And you're like, this is it. Masks, vaccines. I mean, they can't do the vaccines. Nuremberg Code, watch them. They're going to be like, what are you going to do about it? Because it's not going to be, you're going to have to do it. It's going to be like, do you want to survive? Because you're going underground, my friend. You can't shop here. You can't fly here. You can't work here. You can't go to school here. And then you sit and think, I guess I have to give in. Where does it stop? When you strip the control from the corporations, when you make them weaker, you're the consumer. And right now they're flipping it on you. They consume you to consume their goods, to consume you, to consume you. You know, soil and green doesn't have to be, eating yourself still you're still eating yourself it's like an endless cycle they need you to make money but they control you to make their money how's that look 
They're nothing without you. So what do you do? Mass boycotts and not buy milk? Mass boycotts and not have food? Mass boycotts and not shop for underwear and toilet paper? What, what do you do? How do you do it? You get the right people in office and you put laws in order. You can't discriminate on color. You can't discriminate on what they believe in. You can't discriminate. You either give everybody the same access or you're not allowed to give access. Your company is no longer welcome in this nation. That's how you fix shit. Oh, Walmart, you want people to be vaccinated? You could go do that shit in Venezuela. This is America. If the people don't want to be vaccinated, they don't have to. But they have to wear shoes. Of course they do because they can sue you if they get hurt in your store. They have to wear a shirt. Of course they do because we don't want indecent exposure. We got kids. Kids don't need to be seeing titties walking around the store. Got it. They need to be vaccinated. No, they don't. They need to wear a burqa. No, they don't. They need to wear a mask. No, they don't. Keep going. Well, Walmart, I'm sorry. If you're going to stick by those, you can't do business here. But we're a giant. That's okay. We'll find another one. Which Patriot wants to be the next Walmart? There you go. That's how you fix things. But the problem is the people that are in office, every single one of them that are in office right now are dependent on their stocks of Walmart and Google and Facebook and Starbucks and Target and Dan, 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 Dan. You will collapse the economy. That's exactly what we need. Shut that shit down. That is exactly what we need. You see, while people are talking about, oh, whoa, whoa, you know, Kamala Harris is so corrupt. This person's so corrupt. Nobody cares. They're controlled by money. That's not the problem. It's the corporations. And if kind of like I said, with Bank of America, if they don't abide by Texan law that says, you know, you can't discriminate. We don't need to wear masks and they're enforcing shit that's discriminatory. Right. They shouldn't be allowed to do business in your county, in your state, hence in your nation. I'm sorry. That's not the way it goes. How many restaurants have been sued because they wanted people to wear a smoking jacket, right? That stopped. I'll go to a five-star restaurant, Michelin star in sweatpants and the messiest bun you can imagine with a t-shirt that has Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on it. And they can't say crap. Why? Because my money is still money and they'll take it and feed me for it. See, that's the thing. We have the control and they're making you think you don't. We have the laws right now in place to fix this. And everyone's sitting on their ass fighting battles they can't win. It's like trying to hit a target on the other side of the planet. Yeah, you may be right. Yeah, you may have the right weapon. Yeah, but your bullet's not going to make it. That's the thing. We need the right people in office. Oh, my God, are you saying you're kicking Walmart out of our state? Yeah, that's what's up. Hey, Joe, you have a little grocery store. The state will help invest in your grocery store so you can replace all the abandoned Walmart buildings. Keep going. Walmart's going to say, well, then that means I'm not, you know, all my suppliers are going to embargo. He's not going to be able to buy bananas from Mexico. That's fine. I know there's a farm somewhere in Utah. Dude, how much are you selling the bananas to them for? 10 cents? Shit. Huh. We'll pay you 15 cents. Bring it. Would you have a problem paying a couple pennies more to have American and have something that doesn't go to a store and shop without being discriminated against for your color, for your race, for your articles of clothing, for your political beliefs? Money's money. When it comes to trade, you shouldn't be bothered about what the other person is wearing, what color skin they have, because this is indeed discrimination. And that needs to be written into the amendment of Title IV. 
Huh? We could do sexuality, but we can't do political perspectives, right? Huh? That's it. This is how you fix things. These are solutions. That's the problem that people see them so immense and they are a giant because I'll tell you what, say I was the governor of the state of Ohio. Damn. Would I shape that up? I would say first mandate, any private company that does business in the state of Ohio that mandates masks, that mandates burkas, mandates someone to have a specific skin color, mandates that someone dress the way they want, mandates anything that's unconstitutional, cannot do business in my state. I'm giving you 60 days notice to fix your shit and ship out. And that's the way it is. In my state, you have violated the law. And therefore, you're in breach of contract. Out the fuck you go. That's how you fix things. That is what we need. That is what we need. We need someone to draw the line. There's no lines. This line keeps getting pushed back. It's in the sand and people are blowing it further back, further back. So there's no line whatsoever. They just take over. So that's all. You want to mandate stuff? You could go mandate it in another state. In this state? You want to go mandate things? Oh, yeah. Watch me. I'm going to tell my supplier of avocados from Mexico they're not going to sell you anything. Well, you know, if I offer your Mexican counterpart more money for their avocados than you do, you watch them sell me avocados. See, capitalism is beautiful if it's done correctly, right? You'll see the states that have governors, that have the cojones to set their foot down and say, I draw the line. Not going to discriminate. You know what? You know what I see? How's this? You want to talk racism? Because, you know, a lot of people love that. I'll tell you real racism. I go into Target in uh, at the Steel Yards in Cleveland. I want to get um, a jump drive, right? So I get this jump drive. I want to get it. Everything's locked up, right? I'm like, what the heck? All right, maybe they just lock up their stuff, right? No big deal. Then I go down to go get deodorant. Are you listening? Deodorant, okay? Deodorant. That shit's locked up too. I'm like, I asked the person, why do you lock it? Oh, you know, we have a lot of... Um, people that aren't, you know, honest. So we have to lock it up. And I'm like, okay. So as I'm there getting the deodorant, a woman who has a different, uh, who has a darker pigmentation than my olive or yellow skin, depending on how my liver feels, right? Comes and she reaches her hand to get it. She's like, ma'am, you're going to have to wait. And I'm just like, and this, and the person that was serving me from Target had also, she was a brown skinned woman. So she was in between me and the other lady. And I was like, no, why not? Here, she needs to get something. No, it has to be recorded that we opened it up for someone so we can make sure that they pay for it. And I look at her and I was like, all right, well, she's with me. Can she get it? She's like, she's with you. And I'm like, yeah, she's totally with me. And I gave it to her. She's like, girl. And then they say, and I was like, you know what? Look. This, this is pretentious. This is one person and that person's supposed to be on your side, right? And I'm going to tell you straight. I told her, fuck Black Lives Matter. They're a domestic terrorist group. Do you think I'm racist? She goes, no, they are. And walked off. This is, this is how they treat their own people, right? Within the vicinities, these corporations. They have certain rules for certain areas because they consider people of different color not so um, 
honest. You see what I'm trying to say? And so these are the corporations that are also funding the movements for the riots too. So they're the ones putting on hardcore discrimination, but also funding them to fight discrimination. Does that make sense? No, it doesn't. It totally does. Because they're the message and they're controlling the opposition too, the way they like it. I mean, don't forget, Target is actually, you know, a Soros company too. You know that, right? Now I'm going to tell you something about the law before we get into our global politics and take a break. Did you guys know that in law, when you go to court, you know, you go in there, you plead not guilty or guilty, and then a jury decides, right? Well, what if I told you the jury can be nullified if the judges and the prosecutors don't agree with that shit? Because they're like, yeah, you said not guilty, but you were thinking guilty. Wait, are you listening to this? You're going to be like, stop. That's not true. Huh? Why make a bet? It's not true. Uh, let me show you. Let me, let me just show you this. Okay? Take a listen to this. On a jury, you know your options, guilty or not. But there's another choice that neither the judge nor the lawyers will tell you, often because they're not allowed to, and also because it might be better if you don't know. This video will tell you that third choice, but be warned, simply watching may prevent you from ever serving on a jury. So this is your last chance to hit the pause button before you learn about jury nullification, when the defendant is 100% beyond a reasonable doubt guilty, but the jurors also think he shouldn't be punished. The jury can nullify the law and let him go free. But before you're on your next jury and yell null booyah at the judge, you should know that just talking about jury nullification in the wrong circumstances can get you arrested. Though a video such as this one simply acknowledging the existence of jury nullification and in no way advocating it is totally okay. And while we're at it, CGP Gray is not a lawyer. This is not legal advice. This is meant for entertainment purposes only. Seriously, guy, don't do anything in a court of law based on what an internet video told you. No joke. So why can't you do this? It's because nullification isn't in the law, but exists as a logical consequence of two other laws. First, the juries can't be punished for a wrong decision, no matter what the witnesses, DNA evidence, or video proof show. That's the point of a jury, to be the final decider. And second, when a defendant is found not guilty, that defendant can't be tried again for the same crime. So there are only two stated options, guilty or not. It's just that jury nullification is when the words of the jurors don't match their thoughts, for which they can't be punished and their not guilty decision can't be changed. These laws are necessary for juries to exist within a fair system, but the logical consequence is contentious. Lawyers and judges argue about jury nullification like physicists argue about quantum mechanics. Both are difficult to observe, and the interpretation of both has a huge philosophical ramification for the subject as a whole. Is jury nullification the righteous will of the people, or an anarchy of 12, or just how citizens judge their laws? The go-to example in favor of nullification is the fugitive slave law, when northern juries refuse to convict escaped slaves and set them free. Can't argue with that. But the anarchy side is southern juries refusing to convict lynch mobs, not humanity at its best. But both of these are juries nullifying the law. And also, juries have two options for where their thoughts may differ from their words. Jury nullification usually refers to the non-guilty version, but juries can convict without evidence just as easily as they can acquit in spite of it. This is jury nullification too, and the jurors are protected by the first rule, though the second doesn't apply, and judges do have the power to overrule a guilty verdict if they think the jurors are the best. And of course, a guilty defendant can appeal, at least for a little while, which makes the guilty form of jury nullification weaker than the not guilty kind. Cold comfort, though. 
Given the possibility of jurors who might ignore the law as written, it's not surprising when picking jurors for a trial, lawyers, whose existence is dependent on an orderly society, will ask about nullification usually in the slightly roundabout way. Do you have any beliefs that might prevent you from making a decision based strictly on the law? If, after learning about jury nullification, you think it's a good idea, answer yes and you'll be rejected, but answer no with the intent to get on the jury to nullify and you've just committed perjury, technically a federal crime, which makes the optimal strategy once on a jury to zip it. But this introduces is a problem for jurors who intend to nullify. Telling the other 11 angry men about your position is risky, which makes nullification as a tool for fixing unjust laws nationwide problematic. Not to mention about 95% of criminal charges in the United States never make it to trial and rather end in a plea bargain, but that's a story for another time. The only question about jury nullification that may matter in the end is if jurors should be told about it, and the courts are near universal in their decision, no way. Which, again, might seem self-interested. Courts do depend on the law, but there's evidence that telling jurors about nullification changes the way they vote by making evidence less relevant to them. Which isn't surprising, that's what nullification is. But mock trials also show sympathetic defendants get more non-guilty verdicts and unsympathetic defendants get more guilty verdicts in front of jurors who were explicitly told about nullification compared to those who weren't. Which sounds bad, but it's also easy to imagine situations where jurors blindly following the law would be terribly unjust. In the end, righteous will of the people, or anarchy, or citizen lawmaking, the system leaves you to decide. But as long as courts are fair, they require these rules, so jury nullification will always be with us. Now, uh, this is the jury nullification, which I see as citizens making the laws, right? Because laws are laws, but this is going to be coming up soon. You're going to see that they're going to want to do away with juries in the future, not so far away. Because they can't have sympathetic Americans. They can't have angry Americans. You're going to be angry at him? He was just trying to do his job. He really believed, and you're just like, fuck that. You're guilty, right? That's the way it's going to be. But this person did this. They should be tried, right? This person had a drive with all these passports on it. They were just doing their job, but that's taking information off of the State Department server. But they were told to do it. We don't have record of that. So they committed a crime. I don't think so. Why would someone just walk in, know exactly where to go, and pick up all the passport data of Obama, Hillary, SCOTUS, Oprah, all of them, and put it on a hard drive? So if the judge was to ask you that, think about it. This person is saying that they were told, I took all the passport information because I was told to do it. But you weren't uh, on the books with the government. But I was with that company. Yeah, we can't get any information on that company. So we have to go on your word. But that's what I did. So the jury has to sit there and decide, did I commit a crime since I wasn't a federal employee on the books to take the passport data? and Save it and give it to John Brennan. Is that, is that, is that a crime? If I was told to do it, I mean, I walked in, I had the computer, no one bothered me. I'm just saying, is that a crime? I was told to do it. I was doing my job. And she was allowed in there. And she was allowed to get this. And she just handed it over. And maybe she made a copy and stored it somewhere within federal grounds so it doesn't break the law. So then the jury has to sit there and say, well, we don't have evidence she was a federal employee. She didn't misuse it. 
maybe, maybe she ushered a bit of information to have them stop killing people. Maybe, but then you decide. And then what happens? Well, the law is nullified because it doesn't apply because you have to take it as a whole. You see what I'm saying? So that's the thing. That's basically it. You have to decide during nullification. This is going to come up in the future. Not that specific case, because then that, that means that they have to find the drive, and that should be public information, right? But that's what you have to do. But the judges don't want you. It's like, um, you know, Hillary Clinton, you know, gave that order because she worked with the best knowledge she had. She was just doing her job. When you know what her job was to eliminate an enemy. So how do you vote as a jury? Do you say, well, she was just doing her job. I can't find her guilty for killing all those people because, um, you know, she went on the best information. No, you know. You see, this is why we have juries and this is why they want to get rid of them. You watch that come into focus very, very soon. On that note, let's go get some coffee right quick and we'll be right back to talk about the world. I must have dreamed a thousand dreams Haunted by a million screams But I can hear them marching feet They're moving into the street Did you read the news today? Say the danger's gone away But I can see the facts They're burning into the night There's too many men Too many people making too many problems And not much left to go around Can't you see the system? Indeed, the land of confusion with not much love to go around. That's so true. So we were here months and months ago applauding a leader of what people want you to believe is a third world nation. And um, he denounced everything. He denounced the control of virus. He sent them pawpaw fruit and it came back positive for COVID. Remember him? Magufuli, remember him? Shook the global media. His kid had COVID. He went through COVID. They all survived. He says it's just a flu. It's no big deal. So what happened was a little while ago, Right, We're talking just uh, maybe March 1st. So for 17 days, um, he was missing for a full 17 days. And um, he turns up yesterday on the 17th day dead. Take a listen. 
Let's now have a quick look at what's happening in Tanzania. It's a curious case of a missing president. Tanzania's president, John Magufuli, has not appeared in public since the last 17 days. This despite clamor of rumors of ill health. Tanzanian authorities are yet to provide clear answers about his whereabouts. The mere question is now leading to arrests as the government seeks to contain the rumors. Magufuli last appeared in public on February 27th. The fervent Catholic has missed three Sunday services where he would often address the, congre the congregation. Just days before, Finance Minister Philip Mapango appeared coughing and gasping at a press conference to dispel rumours he had died of COVID-19. Magufuli had for months insisted the virus no longer existed in Tanzania and had been fended off by prayer. He has even refused to wear a face mask or take lockdown measures. Agufuli had mocked coronavirus tests. In fact, he denounced vaccines as part of a Western conspiracy to take Africa's wealth. The country stopped releasing case data in April 2020. The opposition parties in Tanzania have urged the government to explain the mystery surrounding President Magufuli's nearly three-week absence. The opposition say the public has the right to know about his whereabouts and who is running the country. On Friday, Prime Minister Kasim Majaliwa said that Magufuli was strong and working as usual. So this man was definitely poisoned. I want you to remember the boss-like move he did in May. Hold on, where is it? It made rounds around the world. Around the world. It's been a top and controversial sacking in Tanzania. Head of the country's National Health Laboratory in charge of coronavirus testing was suspended a day after President John Magufuli questioned the accuracy of the test. Magufuli, who has been consistently, uh, who has consistently downplayed the effect of the virus, said on Sunday that he had uh, secretly had animals, fruits and vehicle oil tested at the laboratory. Now, take a listen to some of the things he said uh, he attested. A papaya, a quail, and a goat. All, he says, had been found to be positive. He cast doubt on the credibility of laboratory equipment and technicians and questioned official data on the pandemic. The president, in fact, called for an investigation into what he suspected uh, to be a dirty game in the laboratory, but did not say where the kids had come from. So the lab director here, Yambura Moremi, has been fired. And a 10-person committee has been formed to investigate the laboratory's operations, including its process of collecting and testing samples. Presently, Tanzania has about 480 COVID-19 cases, including 16 deaths. Now, there's so much to talk about in this story and generally on Tanzania's approach to coronavirus. Uh, this morning, we'll take a, look, a quick look at the suspension of the lab director, and uh, joining us over the phone from Dar es Salaam to talk about this is a human rights activist, uh, Fatma Karume. Fatma, good to have you with us this morning. Tanzania's lab head is suspended following the COVID-19 positive test uh, carrying out, uh, carried out on jackfruit, goats and uh, pawpaw. Uh, but the government is not exposing where uh, kids were, these, these kids were important from. Uh, what do you make of this? My understanding is that um, there is a set of processes and procedures that are used to test the efficacy of a laboratory. In other words, 
how the laboratory functions, um, whether the people who are uh, operating the laboratory are using proper procedures. And my understanding as well is that there is a way of testing the efficacy of a machine. So this chick works for the UN, so she's going to sit there and say how there there is efficacy. But I want you to know that um, Tanzania's president refused the Chinese kit tests after uh, the WHO sent those kits, and the WHO was running the laboratory, right? And the WHO said that pawpaw fruit and the goat and papayas or whatever jackfruit that he used um, was not, they, he, he made fools of them. They didn't expect him to do it. And here was the WHO's response back in May. Nothing with, with the, the specifics of the test kits referenced in Tanzania. Um, we are convinced that the tests that have been provided and that are on the international market were provided both on procurement through WHO, those that came through the Jack Ma uh, donations are not contaminated with the virus. I'm afraid we do not share the point of view that these, these commodities could be in circulation when they're already contaminated with the virus. We are not in agreement with that point of view. We would we encourage um, leaders to look at the evidence and also to look at uh, guidance that has been developed by experts of the organization of which they are member states, um, expecting us to find the best experts in the world in order to find the, the best ways for countries to use knowledge, science, evidence for the interventions that we're asking them to undertake. We are very happy through our country teams working with partners to enter into a dialogue and respond to questions and queries by national leaders. We are also very pleased to share with them evidence of the impact that has been seen in other countries that have undertaken some of these measures, including such measures as stopping large uh -huh. social gatherings. You know. So they're like, yeah, you know, uh, the test kits are totally fine. Uh, we don't believe him. Uh, he can shut up now. Uh, he needs to get in line. We could show you a bunch of other countries that agree with us and they're compliant. Uh, take a look at this. So what happened was um, this, uh, this leader who spoke the truth, right, and spoke against these atrocities, they took him out. Autopsy says it's a heart attack. <sighs> Tanzanian President John Magufuli has died from a heart condition. He was 61 years old. The vice president's statement followed days of uncertainty over Magufuli's health and whereabouts, with speculation swirling that he had contracted a COVID-19 infection and been flown out of the country. Magufuli had long denied that coronavirus was a problem. He told Tanzanians not to wear masks. Actually, if you hear some of his speeches, he said, this is how they make us slaves and they make us obedient. We need to not do this. We need to not do this. I want to share a definition with you guys for a second. Um, let me see if I can zoom in. 
This is just from any dictionary. You can see it yourself. The word simulation. The act or process of simulating an imitation, a sham, assumption of a false appearance. I want you to remember that definition, specifically number two. An imitation, a sham. The whole world right now is, it's 2021. We have the technology to do things that are insane. And I wanted to share with you, you know, something that I find super, you know, ironic. Like I said, you know, the FBI has the ability to um, identify people on the other side of the planet. You couldn't identify people that were at the Capitol. And they're unidentified. They don't know what it is. And, oh, dear. You know, this is, this is and, and the thing is, here's the deal. Most of these people that were at the Capitol were all people that Millie Weaver had reported on, the drop videos, everything. The FBI says that they were looking for this chick right here. This chick that, <laughs> she's actually an actress. She interned for the disguise department at the CIA when she was a kid. And it feels like the FBI doesn't want to find these people, right? These are the movies she's been in. And she was on this movie. I want you to listen. To, uh, she, I want you to listen to the words and what she's saying in this movie. Because this is her. See, makeup, no more. And we had to find video footage of her, which we did, with her mole that wasn't covered with makeup from, like, back in the day, right? This is her, another movie. This is her, where she's at Shutdown DC. This is her protesting. This is her at another movie, right? The FBI knows exactly who she is. But yet they're saying that there were no insurgents in there, no domestic terrorists that have been organizing. I want you to listen to this person carefully, right? Listen to what she's saying. These are the people that made you look back. Do you understand why I was so hesitant of people going to places? Take a listen. Yeah, that'll be me. <laughs> um, hi, everyone. Uh, my name's Natalie. Uh, I use she, her pronouns. Um, I've been doing work with Shutdown DC uh, for over a year now, um, but I'm also here representing for Occupy DC in this space tonight. Um, so Occupy DC is a Black-led anti-establishment collective, um, and we're centered in radical healing and resistance, and um, we're committed to fighting for Black liberation. Um, and we came together in June as well. And in large part, we came together as folks who have been on the front lines since um, the very beginning in the wake of uh, George Floyd's death. Um, and so we began an occupation on H Street. Sorry, my dog is uh, bugging me a little bit here. Um, we, get, we began an occupation on H Street um, in front of the White House on the evening of July 3rd. And um, we set up tents and gave away uh, free food, free water, uh, PPE, uh, protective equipment, 
And uh, we invited folks to come and camp out with us. Uh, and we held that space uh, for five days uh, after much harassment and um, abuse from MPD. Uh, we, yeah, so we, we were harassed pretty badly by the police and um, by uh, right-wing onlookers. Um, so after that, uh, we, uh, we began Midnight Yoga on BLM Plaza, which was created in part to um, give a space for, for healing and, um, you, know, you know, some sort of decompression for protesters who've been out in the streets for months. Um, and, and so we started doing uh, public uh, meditation and, uh, uh, sorry, I'm like a little here, but um, we start, we did public She's meditation and uh, movie nights, educational <laughs> and uh, painting nights and stuff like that, just to bring the community together um, uh, into a space that has been traumatic for a lot of people. So um, we're looking to participate in bold action for this November we're looking for folks to join us um, on that front, as well as people who are looking and are interested in community care. Definitely need um, people on that front as well. So if you're looking or interested in those things, hit us up, Occupy DC. And I don't know who else is, who's next. But. Arm and arm, I think. Mm -hmm. I Lisa Fithian. Hey everybody, this is Noah Gillespie, pronouns he, him, L. Um, oh, okay. No, I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead. You you started. Go ahead, Natalie. Um, so I just wanted to, you know, uh, Christine mentioned the FTP marches, which I think is a really um, crucial, uh, really good point to bring up. And um, I think will be really important in planning for what kind of actions we're willing to take and what kind of risk people are willing to take within those. Because I've been attending those actions um, almost weekly as well. So I've seen how high risk they are, how the police have been particularly aggressive. Um, and, and going off of what you were saying of um, thinking about places that are targets, uh, what comes to my mind is uh, pointing out the ones that we know have been, that are targets for the general public and maybe ways in which we can funnel uh, people or encourage people to join in once we're down there. I don't know. I, this is just a thought that comes to my mind, but we know that, you know, people are going to be gathered outside the white house. People are probably going to be gathered outside of Trump hotel. Um, folks have gone. Are you listening? She's talking about infiltration. Are you paying attention? I just want to, I just want to say something before you listen to the rest of their plan. This is from another segment, right? This is another segment. All of these videos have been public from before the elections. And after all of these videos and everything were in the hands of the Department of Defense. You understand this? I want you to understand this. Hand delivered to Chris Miller and asked, how the fuck did you guys get this? Don't worry about it. Let's do something. I want you to be paying attention. So for all your investigative journalists who are out there, this has been up there for them to go through and the FBI, who, by the way, has state of the art facial recognition and hours and hours and hours and hours of footage that you sat through slitting your wrist recording and they couldn't find them. 
None of the investigative journalists that we have poured our support to would look at this and find them. I've published four of those. There's more coming. So you need to ask yourself a question. And feel free to take my article and send it down to your representatives and say, why have these people not been brought into the conversation when they knew about this shipper? This is them discussing. These are cut out segments, right? So again, that's why, that's why I get irate, you know, when butthurt investigative journalists like, don't talk about me. It's like, shut up because you cause more damage than good when you could have done good. End of story. End of story. That's the thing. This is, this is why this was all available. It was public. After the FBI would get it, they would be made public. After the uh, FBI would get it, they would be made public. So let me guess, all the investigative journalists, okay, they don't trust me because I work for Brennan. Okay, who cares? What about this information? Is that me in it? Do you know how, how it was scrutinized? They know it's legit. Hours and hours and hours of footage of them planning. Hence why I'm so frustrated when people start talking smack. Wait till you see the stuff we have on the right. Man, that shit will make you run wild. Hence why it's not accessible. The FBI had all of this. DHS had all of this. Millie sent it to DHS. Millie sent it to Washington police. They knew. They knew. And so when people get upset that I call them out for doing more harm, for not sharing information, that's a big deal. See, because any information that comes to my hand, no matter how crazy it looks, I will look at it. Can I verify it? Nope. I won't report. Sorry, man. Not verified. So when someone comes to me, I don't trust you. It doesn't matter. You don't trust Millie either? Let me guess. You don't trust Patrick Berg either. Let me guess. You don't trust Lara Logan either because she shared that shit. So when, 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 when you come and you say stupid shit like that, you're going to be called on stupid shit like that because there's no difference when a journalist has access to all of this and doesn't report it. Right. They're, they're so that's so bad. It's like when you watch those videos of grandma getting her ass kicked. Right. And there's some idiot videotaping it or 20 people standing around pretend just watching and doing nothing. That's what they did. They watched America. Burned down by these people. They watched it. They watched it and they let it go. They didn't care because guess what? In their group chat, they're like, yeah, we, we won't promote anything because then people will start listening to them. That was one group. Other group was like, yeah, I'm not just going to touch it. I don't want, I don't want to give credibility to those people. You, that's the thing. You know who gives you credibility? The people. When the people find out, because the word will get out. The word will get out that you had access to this and you turn around and say, oh, I didn't trust them. They're going to say it doesn't matter. Did you look at the information? Their answer, they're probably going to say no. 
And then I could show you the emails, the texts, the phone calls of them receiving this information and discussing this information. And you know what they said? We were told we can't give any credibility to Millie Weaver. We were told we can't report anything Tory says because that gives validation. That's what they did. That's right, Tracy. That's what you did. So when people talk shit and they tell you they're journalists, they're not because they won't report it. They won't report it. They won't report it because of that. Because of that. So I dare you. Tell your side of the story. How you didn't look at information and you made assumptions. And how you dropped the ball. All of them did. All of them. All of them. And there's texts, phone calls, and emails to prove it. Because Millie Weaver sent it out to everybody. Sent it out to everybody. Lara Logan actually retweeted it. They even made their own website to disassociate it from, from Millie because they didn't want to give her credibility. You understand? This is how clicks work. Do you understand how controlled opposition works? That's how communists stay in power. They control the opposition. You're not allowed to give them credibility. You do not refer to them. You do not this. Guess what, guys? Huh. Your corporations are no longer going to be in power. Nothing can stop what's coming. And all of you are, you are going to be the ones that are going to not be able to get on the street. We already know about Pelosi, Obama, all of them. They're going to be trial tribunals. Millie's going to get rewards for the reporting she did. And you're going to get absolutely nothing because you betray the people. That's what's up. You betray the people. You betray the people. You betray the people. You betray the people. There is no excuse. No excuse. There are people. There are people that I can't stand. But when they report something and that is legitimate, you know my ass is going to share it. When I know it's legitimate and it's important that the people know, I don't care if a clown put it out, I don't care if Don Lamont put it out. I don't care if Cuomo put it out. My ass is sharing that because that's information. So when I tell you hold them accountable, I mean it. Because this has been public. There's a whole website for it. And ask them. Because if they are, well, I don't watch anything. I don't trust. You should stop listening to them. Stop listening to them. I did the work of the FBI, you're telling me? How is, the, how is this person still wanted? I've got them on video planning this shit. Right in front of you right now, and you're listening to it. That's it. The people are in control now. Huh. No matter how you hijack it, no matter how you do it, moth always flocks to the light. And the people will always flock to light and truth, no matter who the messenger is. It's always message over messenger. And you failed the message, therefore, you are an invalid messenger. That's the way it goes. For all of you out there, I'm telling you, oh, we have that. If we've got their Zoom calls, you want to make a bet we got their stuff too? Let's, let's bet. And unfortunately, I can't, I can't drop it. Because where it's sitting, I can't. Because then they'll say, oh, let's check. It'll be a shit show. I'm telling you it is. And they can call. You know, remember, Patrick Berge is the best at non-attribution. That means shit can drop on the internet and nobody can find out where it came from. That's the way it is. That's what non-attribution is. Remember that. This isn't a game, guys. This is not a game. And the more truth we have, damn, I can't believe I'm quoting grumpy Patrick. We need truth. We need truth. And you can ask him. You can ask him. Ask him. 
Ask them. Drop your follows. Don't say I'm following because I'm curious. You could go in and see what they're doing. And if they say anything worth mentioning, I'll be the first to freaking share it. The first to share it. They planned this. They knew about it. They didn't put it out there. Hey, everybody had this. We were down there. Lara Logan stuck up for Millie. She shared it. She's like, I don't care if they don't like you. This is information that's important. She replicated the site. Millie said, it doesn't matter if my name's not on it. You know, they can, they can take it. She said it. Just take it. But because she was arrested under fake bullshit charges, nobody wanted to talk about it. Because apparently when, you're, when the deep state is after you, you're a bad person. This is what the right is telling you. People are like, look at what the attorney general. Shut up, dude. Have you read the case? Get out of my face. You're reading WAPO and what that kitty diddler says on his site. Stop. What, is the, what do the documents say? You should be furious that none of them did this. Because if this had been circulated, we wouldn't be here right now. And Millie was like, you know, how am I going to get it out? Nobody wants to share my stuff after I was elect. Uh, you know, I was arrested. And Alex Jones said all this shit about Roger Stone. Ollie put out all this shit. No one's looking at my information, and it's important. She was struggling. Millie was struggling. She's like, Tori, what do I do? We were talking about it. I was like, I don't know. How do we, how do we fix this? And then it's like, let's make a neutral site where it's not associated with anyone on Shadowgate, and maybe they'll take it. And they still didn't take it because they knew it was ours. That's the thing. Even Jack Posobiec, that loser, took a map that was Millie's and then went on Bannon's show and started saying, oh, look, you know, this is a map, you know, and there, this is an insurgency. And it's like, I found this because I had infiltrated. You don't have shit, Jack. You're the infiltrator. Bannon showed some of the videos of the Zoom calls. He actually did and gave, he said, man, you know, Millie has the receipts. He only showed it once. And he showed the useless one. For me, Lisa, Lisa Fithian is crazy, right? This chick, what she's done in Latin America, oh my gosh, right? She, this, this, this Birkenstock wearing chick is insane. But the fact that we had Maria Stefan on video and nobody talked about it, I was losing my mind in September. I was like, who are these journalists? I mean, at least they, they pointed to Millie's videos and said, yo, she's got the receipts. That's what people could say. They could say, I don't like them. I don't trust them, but damn, their information is damning. They could have said that. I'm fine with it. You don't have to like me. You don't have to trust me. I actually tell you, don't trust me. That's the thing. This is where you hold them accountable. How, how, oh, I didn't see it. Really? You know what? Email me and tell me who tells you that they didn't know. I will send you an email with a timestamp showing that, you, that they knew. That they knew. I dare them. I freaking dare them. The only person that didn't get sent that was Laura because she was busy with her campaign and all that stuff. I wasn't going to bother Laura Loomer. She was busy. She was busy. Other than that, everybody got it. Every single one of them. And nobody, nobody told you. So now listen to the rest of this plan. I don't know. We're going to go where the general public's going to go. Maybe we can infiltrate, right? Let me rewind it a couple seconds so you can hear her articulate that. Ways in which we can funnel uh, people or encourage people to join in once we're down there. I don't know. I This is just a thought that comes to my mind. But we know that, you know, people are going to be gathered outside the White House. People are probably going to be gathered outside of Trump Hotel. Um, folks have gone to different 
um, lawmakers' homes as targets. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think weighing what people, uh, you know, what, what we have experience with and also what those natural targets for the general public will be in general, where people feel compelled to be. And um, yeah, I mean, I think disruption is key, but I think that we have a lot of, especially personally, I feel like being out for the last few months protesting have gotten more of a feel of the streets, specifically Black Lives Matter Plaza, um, you know, where the police hang out, where, um, you know, folks can can exit quickly or um, stuff like that. So I think, I don't know, I just wanted to throw that, throw that into the space that I feel like maybe that's something that could be put on people's radars of just like how to Ab- funnel Absolutely. people. Absolutely. I, I love everything <laughs> you're saying right now. Um, and I'm thinking that specifically um, scouting and mapping out BLM Plaza for people who are interested in, in going out there um, is something that, that needs to be added to like the research groups um, sort of uh, to-do list um, to make sure that someone has, um, you know, has, has gathered that information from folks who have been out in the streets. Um, so anyone who's, who's joining into that can be there. Um, and I am a part of the research group. So like that is, <laughs> I'm, I'm considering also being involved in, in disruption, but like that is definitely something that I'm, you know. So um, we have to get back to the main group. Um, She's a bad actress. Because it shows that they fail. See, this is why I'm angry. I get so frustrated. Yeah, it's on ToriSays.com. This is why I get angry and frustrated. When you have this, when you have the truth and nobody wants to hear it. So the question that you have to ask yourself is, they did that shit on purpose. One, because they're working for the other side. Or two, because they wanted to secure their brand. That's the problem. See, this is the problem. This is the problem with our nation right now. The people sitting there telling you, we're about the people. We listen to the people. We promote for the people. I work so hard for the people. Where are you working hard for the people? We've got people sitting in all these groups right now, slitting their wrists. And, 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 and you know, when I started my subscribe star, that was great. Because guess what? I could pay people to sit there and slit their wrists <laughs> and watch it. Millie can pay people to slit their wrists and watch it carefully and record it and sign up and do things just like we're in your groups too, conservatives, so fake conservatives. You know, there was a, a, a tweet that went out yesterday where they were scolding uh, the mainstream media, right? I think I shared it in the group. Let me find it where they said that they did such a disservice to the nation um, because they uh, pushed fake information, right? Who was it that tweeted it? Said, with all those followings and stuff, right? How dare you? You did a disservice to the people with all your followings to just push a false narrative. And um, I shared it, even though it wasn't from someone that I agree with all the time. The truth is the truth. 
And it's important that we see it. Because when the media lies and they continue to lie and lie and lie, there's no truth. And even though I disagree, there's the right calling the left out. Oh, you're just pushing a lie and you omitted information and you're still omitting information. And it's like, but so are you. Why are you casting a stone? You're worse. Because, dude, when I say something, you better believe I have receipts on that shit. I have receipts. So when I'm calling you out, I got receipts. So the question is, you know, right now, even if they wanted, they'd be like, well, why didn't you tell me in private? Fuck you. You had every, every chance. This is, this is where it is. Okay. Someone found the tweets, um, about OAN. Let me, let me try to pull that up. Let me try to pull that up quickly. Okay. It's OAN's tweet. <laughs> OAN. <laughs> How ironic. OAN um, tweeted out. Let's see, where is it? Okay, there we go. That's their article. Let's share it so you guys can see it. And I'll, um, oh, what? No, I'm not talking about the FBI trying to identify people. I was talking, I think it was actually OAN or was it, um, man, it was some right wing influencer. I don't even remember. Um, but this is where the, the FBI is asking for help for identifying. I didn't even read it. I thought you were talking about the thing that I shared. Um, it gets me so upset, you know, and it doesn't matter. Like I said, it didn't matter. Like who, who got the credit? We just need that stuff out there. Like Millie was like, they won't share it. And I was like, dude, it's because it's you and it's linked to Shadowgate, me and Patrick. And, you know, Dan Bongino ignored Patrick. All of them ignored all of us that they know we have correct information. They know we have the truth and they're telling us to shut up. And, you know, they're not going to do it. And I was like, maybe. And, and so she created a website and it didn't have her stuff on it. And then, you know, Lara Logan, who's a truther, I, I, you know, yeah. Okay. She's like, you know, but she's a good woman. Let's just put it that way. Regardless. Hmm. I didn't send it to Patrick Cowley, neither did Millie. Millie. He's on his own mission. I wasn't going to interrupt him. Um, anyone you think is legit, because I'm seeing names, every single name you've named, except for Patrick Cowley, they had it. Actually, Chanel snubbed Millie when she saw her in D.C. So no, they're not legit. All of them have handlers. Every single one of them has handlers. And uh, I should have like a white table that says, change my mind, change my mind. So all of them had this. Nobody reported it. Uh, you know, apparently the FBI owes me a lot of uh, reward money. I, I've kindly told them in my last article to please forward it to, to the Save America pack, right? Because, you know, without all this fancy equipment, I'm able to just give them that. There's way more. Every single one of these people plotted this shit. We had that. No one's listening, right? None of them wanted to. Um, the people that we know had this information put it to the people to put it out and they were shot down. We have that too. There's, there's those stations, right? You know what I'm talking about. So all these people already know every single name that you guys have put in there already knew. All right. So that's how you have to see it. You have to pay attention because no matter what they don't trust, they don't this, they follow all my shit, all my shit. They follow Millie's stuff too. Cause we're the only ones actually breaking news. They're just reacting to news. There's nothing to break. 
I'm the one that told you that Mueller was an inferior officer. I'm the one that told you about Judge Collier. I'm the one that told you who unmasked Flynn. I'm the one that told you they didn't tell you shit. They were telling you what they were reacting to. That's how you know what's real media. Who's taking lead and who's reacting. That's how you respond. So let's take a little bit of lead. Oh, man. I, I want to say I'm out of time. I'm just going to, okay, we will get to Africa tomorrow. I super promise. Maybe I'll start my show earlier tomorrow, okay? So we can get through this whole thing because I want you guys to have this information about Ghana and about Nigeria before the weekend. So I want you to know that everybody knew, okay? Everybody who's a player, right, in this election fraud in the Capitol, they all knew, okay? Let's just keep it like that. They all knew. They all knew. And that's not, oh, I heard that's personal attestation. That is irrefutable. So they all knew. So I want you to talk, to, to, to listen to what was Lenin's new economic policy. Because why I wanted to get into the global stuff is because we're seeing these, this term, new economic policy. That's the new, new normal. Pay attention. Hi, my name is Paul Sargent. Welcome once again to AP Euro Bit by Bit, the series in which I'm trying to break down modern European history into small bite-sized pieces so that you can better understand it. Today, we answer one of the tougher questions that comes up on the AP exam that seems to be tested all the time, at least in the old format. It's what was Lenin's new economic policy? So let's get started. Now, as with history, we always have to start with the causes of something. And this is no different because we have to understand the situation that forced a new economic policy in order to understand what it was and why it happened and what its results were. So let's start with the causes. Now, the number one cause of the establishment of the new economic policy was the thing called war communism. Okay, so let's go back into Russian history. The revolution of 1917 had put the Bolsheviks in power with Lenin at the top of the entire system. And they started to fight a civil war within Russia to try and take over the entire country. Now, they established a separate peace with Germany, pulled themselves out of World War I, and thus concentrate on fighting this civil war. It's the Reds, the Bolsheviks, against the Whites, pretty much everyone who didn't like the Bolsheviks and the Bolsheviks had to come. Wait, just so you understand, they were all on the same. They were being controlled by Lenin, both sides. That was the trick. That's why he was successful. Okay. Up with solutions, which were pretty drastic in order to try and win the civil war. What they adopted was a system known as war communism. Now, this was really the very first national attempt at a socialist or communist state. They nationalized industries, all factories, all major big industries. In fact, any business that employed more than 10 people was nationalized and brought under the control of the government. And the communist party started to requisition all kinds of supplies, including crops and things like that, food really, and push that towards the troops that were fighting in the Civil War. Now, if this sounds at all familiar to you, it's very reminiscent of exactly what happened and exactly why the Romanov dynasty fell during World War I. They were taking food from the people, sending it to the troops fighting World War I, and the people were starving. Well, guess what? 
war communism kind of worked the same way because the government had to set quotas for all kinds of different things to be produced. And they tried to take all of that food and then give it to the troops that were fighting the civil war. Well, what resulted was kind of counterintuitive. There was real discontent among the farmers and the peasants, and many of them took to actually burning their own crops and killing their own livestock in order to lower the amount of food that was available, but thus plunging themselves into starvation and famine. It makes sense from a political protest standpoint, but from an individual standpoint, it seems as if you're cutting off your nose to spite your face. Anyway, under this war communism, production fell to below its pre-World War I numbers. In fact, Leon Trotsky, who was sort of the real Marxist ideologue of the Communist Party, that Russia was on the verge of economic collapse. This was the worst thing that could happen. So Lenin decided to come up with a solution. So Lenin's solution became known as the new economic policy. And the new economic policy really kind of went against the whole idea of communism. It reintroduced the idea of capitalism and private ownership of enterprise back into the system. Now, not completely. The government kept control of the major industries, okay? Transportation and infrastructure and all of that was under the control of the central government. And in fact, many of the large industries were kept under the control of the central government as well. But peasants in the countryside were allowed to, to farm and sell their own food. Factories were allowed to produce and sell on a somewhat open market their own products. This doesn't sound like the communism that Marx had talked about, and it doesn't sound like any sort of a communist economy at all. Yeah, it doesn't, because he was controlling both sides. The one that was making people think they have control and that they're reacting to the bad control. And then it was the bad control. See, that's the way the best, the best games are played. When you're both the white pieces and the black pieces on the chessboard, you know every move each, each one is going to make. And therefore, you pick your moves accordingly to checkmate the side that you don't want. You see how that works? It sounds a lot like capitalism. Now, of course, why did Lenin make these concessions? Well, he was facing famine in the countryside. He was facing military revolts because the soldiers weren't getting the food because the peasants were burning it. He was facing really the collapse of his Bolshevik communist experiment. And so he decided to really take what he called a necessary step backwards. And that's this economic policy. Results were that it actually worked. Production increased. Prices started to stabilize. Food started being produced. Things started working. And from 1921 until 1928, the new economic policy ran Russia. Now, 1928 is kind of an interesting year because after Lenin's death, it's around 1928 when Joseph Stalin is able to gain control of the Communist Party. By 1927, he's taken it away from Leon Trotsky, his real big competitor, kicked Trotsky out of the country and sent him off into exile. He'll eventually end up in Mexico in a 
relationship with an artist by the name of Frida Kahlo. You may or may not know about her. And he'll eventually in 1940 end up dead with an ice pick to the back of the head. Pretty gruesome. That's how they do things. But anyway, I'm digressing. And in this case, I guess I'm stalling a little bit. But the real results here are increased production. Workers get shorter hours and better wages. You actually have a change in the system for the better. In fact, the central government even starts to relax its secret police, the Cheka. It starts to relax censorship. It starts to give more freedom to the people, at least temporarily. Because I'm going to tell you what, the 1930s in Russia, yeah, not really a pleasant time for most people. So it's temporary. So just to kind of finish the story and maybe foreshadow an upcoming bit by bit, the new economic policy ended in 1928 with the introduction of Stalin's first of a series of five-year plans. So that's the new economic policy. Five-year plans, 10-year plans, new economic policies. Do you see how that goes? Tomorrow we will get into the global stuff. I just needed you guys to see the facade. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the lies. I'm tired of the bullshit. You know what's funny? I just noticed that, um, yeah, uh -huh, OAN puts out, FBI needs help identifying. Don't worry about it. I got this. Fuck the FBI. I got everybody's name and face. I'm just going to drop it when I want to because you guys are so good at investigative journalism with open source information and can't do your job because then you're going to have to link it back to people. You don't want to validate when they've been bringing all the news. All you've been doing is writing on the coattails of real patriots. And let me tell you something. The only way you win this is by realizing that they control all the moves on the chessboard because you let them. And like someone said, Wait till the pawns decide to move themselves. That's what you got to do. Step out of that box. Yeah, Sarah Carter pretty much said she can't report it. She's not allowed to, period. She said it flat out. And nobody can deny that. She said it. That's the way the news are. They're not allowed to talk about it. There's, 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 there's a law. And this is why they're upset. Because when they get called out for not being honest to the people, when they called, get called out for silencing the truth, when they called out, they get called out all the time. They're just like, oh, you know, I don't want to. It's like, dude, you tell me in private, this, 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 that's fine. But when you have a handful of losers that are guiding the people in reactive reporting, making them think they're winning when they're not winning shit, right? That's a problem for me. You hijack every grassroots movement to serve yourself. You take other people's information, which is fine as long as you put it out. No one's going to complain. No one's going to complain. But now the people are the ones that decide who the news are. The people are the one that decide who's being honest with them. The people are the one to decide. Who's giving them information? Because you know what? Huh. It's kind of like in the desert. In the desert, we don't have a lot of water, so water is gold. Well, our desert, our water is information. And that's being sequestered, silenced, choked, and put on the back end.
And while I hear all these crying vaginas, I was banned off of here. I was banned off of there. I told you to look for digital camouflage. I told you to make sure that people know where you're at. Then you create all these stupid places where people can go to pay for what? So you can, what, repeat the same stuff? Go on reactive things or just have guests and walk in circles? People need things to be able to do things. Do you know, even if the quo warranto that was filed in D.C. fails, right, and it's still a win, Remember, it was filed February 1st. I think I did that show end of January, right? It only takes a spark for someone to go and do their homework and say, you know what, I'm retired or I have this knowledge or I have this ability. Let's go ahead and do it because it is our nation. And guess what we're doing? We're removing those little marionette strings off us and now we're controlling the moves that we do. The king may move you this way, pawn, but the king is fuck all without the pawns. They can't do shit. And that's what you need to realize. You have more power than you know. We have everything we need, and yet we're stagnant. Think about it. Mil- between Millie, me, and Bergie, and the counterpart, we had everything we needed to deter what happened in November, December, and January. So if we have everything we need, why are we here? That's a question you should ask your reporters, your representatives, and those that you idolize to lead the way of a free America. Now, while many of you, but Trump didn't, ask the gatekeepers. Ask the ones that judge and say, well, no, she was arrested. Yeah, but they were false charges. Doesn't matter. Burnt card, man. And it's like, no, what? What? If you get persecuted, right, by the deep state, that's a freaking badge. When did that become mud on you? Whereas Ali Akbar, who stole shit, who blackmailed people with, with sex, enticed minors, fraud, written all over of the people, average people, they thump him. But Millie, who was arrested on false charges, they don't thump. Tori, who went up against the whole state for human trafficking and everything, that if you read the case, it would, it'll blow your mind, right? It's thousands of pages. In one day, in 2018, the Attorney General filed thousands of pages of garbage. So, but that makes me a bad person, right? It totally makes me a bad person. And Bergie, well, he was a homeless veteran. Ask him why. Ask him what they did to him. So we can't listen to them, but we can listen to Ali Akbar that has sex with people and collects blackmail, right? Ali Akbar that stole money and constantly has been doing it for over a decade. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. These people that will tell you that they couldn't trust us, trusted Ali. They promoted Ali. That's all you need to see. I mean, at the end of the day, did you know that Alex Jones filmed a movie at InfoWars Studio in 2016 with Robert De Niro? No, you don't. But you've built him a goddamn empire. That's it. Truth. Because you can't cancel me. I stand on my own two feet. I don't need any wingman or wingwoman. I stand on my own. But all of you out there that have a complete disservice to the people, mainstream media, Hulk media, left, right, upside down, 
you should be ashamed of yourself. So this week was Sunshine Week. That's the end of my bitching. And I've dropped enough for the people to wake up. And what you don't seem to understand is your quantity of followers is not quality of followers. People that speak truth do it through word of mouth. That's how Jesus got his message across. His own people had seen truth. And they conveyed it to 10 people. And those 10 people conveyed it to another 10 people. Don't sit there and tell people that you're an investigative journalist. Don't sit there and tell people you have inside information. Some of you have great variety shows, and that's interesting. But don't tell people that you have credible sources or that you have the news when you don't dare talk about the news, where you don't dare advise the people. Quality over quantity, because your quantity is going to be the end of you. Every single one of them will hold you accountable for this. And that's the way it is. So on that note, we're going for a raid. Um, I want to see what Millie's doing today. So we're going to raid her today. And I want you to know, whatever it takes, that's what's up. God bless. Prepare for these Tripping in the world could be deemed a race Everybody's circling his vultures Negative, nepotist Everybody's waiting for the fallen man Everybody's praying for the end of times Everybody hoping they could be the one I was born to run, I was born for this Whip, whip, pull me like a race horse Pull me like a whip cord Break me down I wanna be the slip, slip Word upon your lip, lip Letter that you rip, rip Break me down, fill me up Whatever it takes